You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Now that heart is beating fast, and that's the rhythm I can dance to. Well, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to, that one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Beat out. Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program will be podcast by the world's greatest producer, Kelly Whitworth. Thank you, Kelly. Was that for you or me? <laughs> Who was that for? You. That was me. Why didn't you? You got a certificate for last week? You didn't turn up, Oh, baby. I was a sick. A, you were a sickie. pulled a sickie. You pulled a sickie, yeah. It wasn't COVID, though. No. I had a rat... You had a rat. It wasn't COVID. What, no. you ate a rat? You know, people say rat test. Yes, you just say They rat. had a rapid action test test. Yeah, right. I had a rat. <laughs> you had a rat. <laughs> and Fair it wasn't enough. COVID, so that's good. And well, I'm feeling heaps better now. Well, you're actually looking very nice today. Oh, you actually thanks. look awake, which is... I always look awake. That, do you? You're the one that always looks tired because you're older than me. <laughs> I'm proud to be old. You should be. And wise. Stop putting yourself down. Well, I never do. Come on. <laughs> I'm a megalomaniac. How can you expect me to be putting myself down? And we have now, a great guest. Yes, listeners, we've got a great guest. We have Fran Healy. Do we get a drum beat? Oh, no. We get a... Welcome, Fran. Welcome, Fran. Thank, you. Fran. Thank I... you for asking me. No, look, it's a pleasure. I thought you wrote in and said... Please, I want to be on the show. No, it was the other way around. <laughs> I, said, I said, we want you. We want, want you. you on Radical Australia. And by the end of this program, you will be a household name in the three listeners' houses that are listening to the program. <laughs> and my three children. <laughs> and your three children. Well, they may disown you by the end of this because we may sneak out some stories. Now, what we're going to do is... A little bit different. Usually I just pound at the guest in a very rude, nasty, obnoxious way. But we're just going to find a little bit about you and then we're going to launch into this extraordinary campaign that you've been involved in over the past year and the possible successful end of the campaign. The key word is possible. Now, Fran, what year were you born? 1957. 57. And were you born in Melbourne? No, I was born in England. Oh, what's up to the accent? Um, I was seven. You were seven. I lost it pretty quickly. So, any recollections about life in England? Oh, lots, lots. Give us a good one. Very happy. Um, I remember what part of England? 
Uh, Dartford, very close to London, mm-hmm. probably same distance from Melbourne that I actually live now. But I have wonderful memories of my grandparents and my parents and a very happy life that we had there. But my parents decided for a better life. They would bring their three children to Australia in 1965. On Australia Day, we arrived. So you're not £10 poms, are yes, you? Yes, we are. Have you paid back the money yet? Many times over. Many times over in taxation revenue. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you have been an ornament to the country. Yes. You haven't been jailed? No. No, not, not yet. Not so far. <laughs> not so far. <laughs> so what was it like coming to – did you come straight to Melbourne? Yes. And what was it like? going to a, a fresh primary school where kids didn't know what you were talking about. Difficult. Everyone wanted to sit next to me because I had a funny accent, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, right. But we did live in the Homescan Hostel right. for about six months before we bought a house. So um, I think it was pretty traumatic for a seven-year-old to leave everything they knew and come to a new country and settle in. Mm. But we did, quite happily. So your parents stayed. In, your parents came, but your grandparents stayed in England? Yes, they did. Right. Did you ever see them again? Yes. My grandmother came here to live mm-hmm. probably around 1980 for a couple of years before she passed away. Right. So, yes. So you saw her. Yes. Any brothers and sisters? Yes, I'm the eldest of six. <coughs> Sorry. Roman Catholic, can I ask? Yes. <laughs> Not Irish background by some chance? Uh, no, no. You don't no, think so? No, I don't think no, so. English right. and French. My English. grandmother was French. French? Mm. Was she? Oh, that's interesting. Yes. That's fascinating. Yes. Did she ever teach you any French? My mum tried to, but, mm. you know, I wasn't that interested. But I wish she had now. Mm. I wish I was bilingual now. Mm. You can French. be. You're not too old to learn. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> are you still a wage slave now or are you retired? I'm retired. I retired in COVID. Well, that it's means... It's got a bit difficult, yeah. Yeah, but that means you've got time for a second language, especially if the news we got today is true. Well, we'll I was talk- going to say, I'm busy campaigning. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, high school, where'd you go? I went to St John's College in Dandenong. So the Catholic tradition Catholic. continued, St John's Absolutely. College. I assume you were baptised, confirmed, had your first Holy Communion, all those things? Yes, yes, and yes. Yes, and I hope your parents weren't like my parents, Christmas Catholics, were they? No, they were very staunch Catholics. Were they? Yes. Mm. Are they still alive? My dad passed away two years ago at Mm. 97, but my mother... My mother is in care. She has dementia. Right. But no, she's 88. She's, yeah. she's quite fit and healthy otherwise. Oh, that's good. What do you think they would have made of all the scandals surrounding the Catholic Church? Horrified. Mm. I came from Holy Family in Dufton. Right. Which was one of the worst. Really? And yeah. that's where I went to school. Mm. And I think because my mum and dad were so active on the parish council and on the tuck shop and always seen... That's why we were very lucky. Very lucky. But that, that particular parish was very hard hit right. by those scandals, and my dad particularly was horrified. Well, they would. Have, I think a lot of people forget that many Catholics were horrified. They yes. really didn't know what was going on. No. I remember I've told this story before, but when I was, I think I started off life at a Catholic school in 1956, St Brendan's in Brisbane. I was there for about a year and about halfway through third term my father turns up with a handkerchief around his head as labourers used to in those days, galoshes, you know, blue sweatshirt, shorts, grabs me by the hand, pulls me out of the class, takes me across the road to the state school. And I I didn't think much of it then but now I understand most likely why. He must have heard rumours. Way back then. Yeah, way back then, everywhere. 
Yeah, that's the problem with this way back then. But what was high school like? Good. Interesting, good, yeah. Good and hard, interesting. Little, you know, I didn't rock the boat at all. I was a very good student. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. Did you go to music class? Oh, yes, I went to everything I had to, yes. Mm. And obviously you graduated with honours. I graduated, yes. yes. And did, <laughs> <laughs> did my best. And what, what was that? What school was that? At St John's. St John's. Yep. Oh, so mm. you continued the tradition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What suburb was that? Dandenong. Oh, Dandenong, sorry. Dandenong. Yeah, well, she mentioned Doveton. Uh, oh, Do you know where Doveton is? I've heard of it. You've heard of Everyone's it? Everyone's heard of it. <laughs> it's on the outskirts of Melbourne, is it? Yeah, yeah. near Dandenong. Yeah. yeah. Everybody used to hear about it, but now Doveton's, I think, settled down. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's we fine. moved out probably when I was about 13. Yeah, and that's 13. when things started to improve, I remember. Yeah, so we moved <laughs> moved away a little bit further and <laughs> <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a young woman of 17 or 18 graduating, what, what did you turn to? I went to teacher's college, which was about one of the very few options available to females back then. That's Teaching, right, yeah. nursing, secretary, hairdresser. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say. Um, but I graduated. I kind of, yeah, went to teaching because I got in. But I, I have loved it. I have loved it. So, so how long have you been a teacher for? Um, I graduated in 77. So, yeah, a, a fair while, but I had a few years off having children. But oh. then when I went back, I went into the library, school library, which library. is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Best job in the world. Yeah, one of them. Why um, is that? Oh, you get to make a difference. You get to mm. encourage children to read and encourage a love of reading and that's so important with literacy nowadays. You know, just read, read, read. Mm, it is. It, to say you to you do make a difference because you do see the kids that go in and uh, even today that ask for books or yes. CDs or whatever. And uh, You see and, them every year too. Mm. So when you're in a school, you are a person they see every year when they come in, when you mm. have classes. Mm. So how Best long were you in the library for? Oh, a good 20 years. Uh, yeah. Any particular school you'd like to slander? <laughs> <laughs> I was in Narry South from right. the year 2000 right. at Trinity uh, until 2016 and then I went to a, a Peter 12 school where I stayed until COVID struck. But I absolutely loved that job. There's none better mm. how, did you, how did you cope juggling a family of three and uh, teaching full-time? Part-time. Part-time. That's, that's how, how I, you coped. That's how I juggled it. <laughs> right. So how many hours would you do? I did three days a week. Three days yeah. a week. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, you never stole any books from the library, did you? No. No. no? no. no. You, sure, you sure about that? There's, 100%. If we sent some <laughs> police... Not like you. 100%. <laughs> if, we, if we sent some police down to your place, they wouldn't find any old library books lying about? No. No? 100%. No. 100%. Not put no. a foot wrong, no. no. Never put a foot wrong? No. Goody two-shoes? Yeah. No. yeah. Paid your taxes? Yes. Union member? Yes. Obeyed the law? Yes. Cast your ballot every three to four years? Yes. Yeah. Why are you on the program? Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know these things. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> so when did you uh, move to Beaconsfield? About 20 years ago, I'd say. 20 uh, years ago. Was that a kind of a commercial decision or you like the area or both? Like the area, it was close to the boys' school. Mm-hmm. But it was a quieter suburb back then. 
although it's not that busy now. Um, it was a, a good lifestyle, bigger bigger block, bigger garden, mm-hmm. all those good things that you look for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how about the other half? What did he think about coming to Beaconsfield? The end of the earth, that would have been 20 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's fine. It's That's good, fine. yeah. Yeah, no. What's his name again? Uh, Jeff. Jeff. I hope he's listening. He may learn a few things. <laughs> uh, he's still working? Uh, no, he's sort of semi-retired. Semi-retired. Mm. So you're just nice, ordinary, law-abiding, tax-paying yes. citizens. Sadly, yes. That's yes, been yes, that's yes. been your life. Yes. Till COVID. Yes. And then what happened? Um. If you're talking about my um, efforts to, well, I'm talking about. I mean, I mean, community. How did you, how did you get on with the beacon? Is there such a thing as a Beaconsfield community, and were you part of that before? Yes. So explain what Beaconsfield is to people, because a lot of people think 50 k's from the CBD is the end of the universe, but obviously it's part of Melbourne. It is, but just when you walk the streets, and you mentioned COVID, so. In COVID, we walked the streets mm-hmm. a lot, right. a lot. And in walking around, you talk to people, you see people, you connect with people, and that's what we did. We and but I've always been a good community person. I've always chatted to people and shops, and not working mm-hmm. um, gave me more time to talk to people. Uh, it was a different time, COVID, and I'd I'd finished working, so I. Didn't have anything else to focus on. I did tutoring for a while. Mm-hmm. Did some tutoring online. So tell us about this walking the streets in Beaconsfield. <laughs> Doesn't like, sound very good, but during the COVID era, <laughs> like a horror movie. <laughs> I mean, did, did you did you notice things you hadn't noticed before? Um, about the area. Yeah, yeah, I think I knew the area pretty right. well. Mm. I just like the people, more people around. I did notice children, little children, being very proficient on two-wheeler bikes, right. little toddlers, right. yeah. because they'd had so much more time with their family. You noticed mm. families out a lot. Right. Mm. Mm. So how did that change your life? Um, it was at a change in my life, I guess, where I was trying to decide what I could do. I had a lot of responsibilities with my parents at the time. Right. And being the eldest of six and with ageing parents and you have more time, then you tend to be the one. That's right. Who That's what they do. They, looks if up. you're the youngest and you're not married, you get the parents. If everybody else has got relationships, it's the eldest that has to do the work. And it, it is very hard work because you, yeah. you've kind of – your children reach teenagehood and are older and then all of a sudden you find that you've been dragged – being a woman in many cases, been dragged down again. Not dragged down again, but finding that you've got this extra responsibility you never expected. Yeah, it wasn't a burden, no. you know, and with mum having dementia and, and mm. even in COVID, you could go and help elderly yeah. relatives yes. and it was a way to get out. They lived in Hallam, which wasn't far, mm-hmm. and I would visit them often and help them out and all the things you have to do for aged parents and put my mum into the home when sadly it came mm. to that time mm-hmm. to look after that and then support my dad at right. home grieving the loss of his wife, even though he was still there. Right. Did he live far from you? Oh, it's probably a 15-minute drive. It's not far, just up the highway. Yeah, it's not far. But to support Dad through that, you know, being 97. He was very good and active. It's very sad that 
this is what it came to be, but it's life. It's ageing. And so, you know, between mum in the home and dad in the house, he was there, you know, only probably nine months after mum went in and then he went in and sadly passed away after six weeks. So, you know, being in a nursing home was not not for my father. Mm. Now, I've um, kind of gone past your house and it's in a very interesting area. What do you overlook? Overlook? I mean, what do I see from what do my you see? front door? Yep. The beautiful old railway house and the bunya bunya tree. And I have to tell you, when the steam train whistles its way up the track, steam rail sends regularly the mm. steam train mm. that they've renovated. They have trips up to Sale and Tarelgan. And I'm always, always aware when it's coming because I know. And I'm always there on the station platform waving as it puffs mm. its way up the line. It's the best thing to see the smoke and hear the whistle of the old steam trains as opposed to the modern metro trains and V-lines and mm-hmm. the... Um, it's an experience, isn't it? Oh, it is the best. I never tire of it. Very never. exciting. Yes. I get very excited and I've been on it. But it's not much as much fun as watching it. I've decided. Mm. But when you see that set behind the house, you can feel like you are back in the day. Back in the day, it's just lovely. And you don't live far from Beaconsfield Station, is that correct? No, not far at Uh, all. A few hundred meters. So you would use that regularly, or the boys would to go to school and come back? No, no, no? not really. No, I don't use it much at all. You just look at it. Sadly, but if I have to, I do. You do. You know, it's, a, it's good to have it there. Right. Mm. All right, so this is your life. Mm. You've retired. You've weathered COVID-19. You've weathered this difficult family situation. Your mother's dementia. Your father died. You, had to, you were assisting them. It's obviously a very emotional time. So what changed? What led to you being in this studio today? What happened? What's the first thing you remembered? What's the first thing you heard that really got your blood boiled? Well, Jeff used to tease me and say, you wait till the level crossing, you know, or there's a double-storey car park. And I'd go, ha, 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 that'll never happen here. We're just way too small. No one's going to worry about us. It's mm-hmm. not busy enough. Mm-hmm. And then there was a letterbox drop, probably oh, be more than a year ago. And it flagged the possibility that they would remove the level crossing. Flagged the possibility. Uh, you know, this this, uh, this could happen. Could happen. But I knew there were hundreds of more busy crossings than mm, that one, more dangerous, more congested. Who announced that? State government. Oh, uh, yeah, there was a, f- a pamphlet, a flyer. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't really take it seriously because I didn't believe it was busy enough there. Obviously, they'd already made the decision. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they they framed it as, oh, this may be a possibility in the future. Mm. Well, then it became more... It's tenderising the community, it's That's called. That's what I'm saying. It's like yes, you yes. tenderise meat, you tenderise mm. the community. It's a possibility. And you thought, ah, oh, well, it'll never happen. Mm. It's a not a busy station. It, it's We've got this extraordinary house across the road, which is over 140 years old, this huge bunya-bunya tree from the dinosaur era. And he thought, no, it never happened. So, no, I was in denial. And what happened? Well, no, no, no. You, you believe what you read because you're an honest, taxpaying, <laughs> voting citizen. You yes. believed it. Yes. Yes. Uh, but then a fly did come around with a, with the design that they'd come up with. Oh, how, long, how long after? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Probably a few months, I guess. Right. And um, 
I looked at it and I went, no, I was, I was in denial. I, mm. I was. Mm. And I looked at the plan and the detail that it went into said we need to acquire one private property. And I knew which one it had to be because there's only one private property on the other side of the road. And I thought this can't possibly be true. Not the beautiful railway house, which had taken 20 years to restore and renovate from mm. an absolute shack of a place. Uh, the previous owners did the most amazing job and they were the best neighbours and they had lived there and restored that house and lived in it while it was at its worst and brought it up to the most beautiful house that mm. was restored within an inch of its life to the absolute original, almost original condition. Everything was beautifully presented and they sadly moved due to ill health and sold the house, but new owners came in. And when I realised that was the house that they were going to take, it was, oh, it was a kick in the guts. It really was. It was like, this can't be happening, not mm. here, not that house. We, 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 being Beaconsfield, love that house so much. But there was a survey that we could take. Oh, the second tenderising oh, moment. <laughs> The survey. First the letter, then the plan, then the survey. All right, okay. It was a survey that mm -hmm. residents were invited to uh, write in for, but mm -hmm. it didn't go very far. Like, I don't think it was widely circulated right. or widely publicised. Mm -hmm. But there were people who could ask questions online and they were addressed, apparently. Um, and our local Progress Society, Beaconsfield Progress Association, invited the Liverpool Crossing people to come out and to talk to the residents because we were very concerned by then. So we, a few of us went to the meeting and it was quite a busy meeting and uh, they didn't turn up. Liverpool Crossing people had cancelled at the last minute. Well, so, but they, they have to deal with residents. <laughs> you don't want to deal with the people you go, you've tenderised. <laughs> and obviously you weren't tenderised enough because there were a few of you there. Oh, there were a few, of not many, not, not many. many. It was mainly like neighbours right. because as neighbours I think you are most affected right. and you're the most active. Yeah, but next to the house, let's get this clear. It's not just the house. No. There's no. this extraordinary tree. Can you tell us about the tree? Because isn't that a symbol of Beaconsfield? You see it all over the place. It is. You can see it from a long way away. And, mm. you know, I have to admit I took it for granted. I did take it for granted. I've seen it every day for the last, like, 20 years. I took it for granted, but it's actually part of the house itself. You look at it and it's the whole picture. Mm. But it's not on, on the private property. No. No, it's separate. It's on no, railway it's, land. No, it's yeah. on railway land. Mm. And it's huge. It's huge and it's majestic and it's it's there and it's been there for 144 years. And it's just, just recently I've been thinking about what that house, must, that tree must have witnessed in its life. A lot of steam trains. A lot of steam trains, a lot of, you know, maybe horse and carts, a lot of children going to school, a lot of, mm. um, a lot of history, a lot of development, a lot of tragedies, a lot of... Mm. And it's only a teenager. Yes, they, they it is. Grow, they it's, grow to it's a baby. Up, up to a thousand years. It's a baby. Mm. And it's huge. I remember it was very funny when I first met you and uh, David and uh, he introduced me to you and uh, <laughs> you're looking at the house and you're talking to me about the house. I'm thinking, what about the tree? <laughs> when are they going to mention the tree? And you're quite right. When you see something every day, you don't really realise how important it is to you. It's there every day. It's like your health. 
Yes. You get sick and then you realise how important is the fact that you can walk, or, you know, or you can think. And I'm, I kept saying, I kept thinking to myself, I said, when are they going to mention the tree? And I said, I said to David, look at that majestic tree. He said, yeah, never thought of it. <laughs> but um, it's extraordinary. So I've got a question. So um, um, apart from it being uh, like an ancient tree um, in terms of, you know, how – from when it dates back to like dinosaur time and it's been there 144 years what else is significant about it like the, it's the only one of its kind in the area what's it doing there all by itself it you is know? it it really is more prolific i would say in queensland because the climate there is better for it and it, it is notorious to grow like very very difficult to grow so the fact that this one has grown to 25 30 meters is very impressive, but there is a, a small forest of bunya bunya trees in Queensland. It is very rare to find it in this climate. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the herbarium, I think there's a, a list, and I couldn't find it on that, so I, I will make sure that I tell them. But it's very hard to find here in Victoria. I know there's one in the Botanic Gardens, I think, but it's very special. Oh, it is special. It's, this one is the girf. The girf is um, five metres it's about mm-hmm. 25 to 30 metres tall. It's about 20 metres wide. But, the, you know, everybody makes a fuss about the Woolamai pine, mm-hmm. which, you know, they sent firefighters in during the fires in 2019 to protect. People's lives were put at risk. And uh, there were plans to um, cut down this extraordinary tree as well as raise the, uh, the house. Just So you went to the meeting. Nothing happened. So what what happened next? We had a Zoom meeting because it was COVID and and Level Mm. Crossing Replacement Project team needed to meet with us to address our concerns. So we all had to log on to Zoom, as we got very good at over Mm. COVID. Um, The meeting was an hour, but for half of it, it was very much like a, just a format that they followed. And we couldn't see questions that other people asked, even though... We could ask questions and they they chose what they answered, I think. So we, we came away feeling like we didn't know much more. So we were worried and we talked more and we met more and we decided we had to do something. We had to get word out there. We had to let people know what was happening because we mentioned it to people in the local area that the house would be demolished and the tree. And they were horrified. They were horrified. They said, no, not the railway house. What can we do? And I'm not someone who's au fait with um, community action, shall we say. Um, but we started something. We then made some posters and we put them up in local businesses. We started a Facebook page. We started a change.org petition, of which there is over 1,300 mm. signatures, which is great. And I must say 100%. of the comments were in support of us and what we were doing. Mm. They were encouraging, they were positive. Um, And we took heart from that. We thought, you know, well, let's keep going. We don't know what we're doing and we don't know where we're going and we don't know if we can succeed. We'll give it a go. Obviously, um, the local councillors and state representatives and the government came to your door bearing (laughs) gifts, trying to talk to this little group that's been established that's confronting this huge machinery and the legal system because they've got it all tied up because of the legislation regarding developments around community 
transport hubs or transport hubs, and obviously they all came to your door, didn't they? No, it was the other way around. I think what I do you mean? What I you went mean? to their door. You went to their door. I went to their door, and I put myself out there, and I wrote emails, and I got in touch with the people mm. and the council, and um, I, I got... I got some replies. The, the more important emails I mm. sent were slow to reply or were non-existent. And you feel like you're like beating your head against a brick wall at times. Mm. But we didn't give up. We, we, we just kept going. Uh, how did the other committee members or the group members feel about, did they start giving up hope? No. No? Tell no. us about them. You don't have to name them, but just tell us... Well, they don't what mind me gr- well, shouting them out. Well, yeah. Joan said give her a cheerio, so cheerio, Joan. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they were great. You know, we're not experts in this by oh, any I means. Know, I know that. Oh. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's 4.31. This is uh, Talk Back with Attitude. We're talking to an activist extraordinaire and the group she's involved with, which who may have, and we may have some prize new for you, news for you, who may have actually put a spike in the railway develop redevelopment uh, program in this state which has never occurred every other community group has been chucked into the ground but uh, we're speaking to fran healy and i'm very proud to be part of this so there's joan and who else uh well christy lives nearby yeah uh david round the corner yeah uh, he's been a big help we've attended council meetings we've um there's probably not that many of us really Um, but but you're consistent but we are consistent and you know i can say there are times we were discouraged yep but we never gave up we thought but we wondered what can we do next Mm. what can we do next you know who can help us who can um give us some advice because after you've tried everything you know you've done posters you've had meetings we did have a really good big meeting Recently, um, the Berwick Progress Association devoted one whole meeting and we had 50 people come, we'd advertised it, and we wanted to let them know how we were going. Mm -hmm. And they were so behind us and and so supportive of us. But it wasn't that many people. And you think, how much power can those few people have? Right. As it turns out... But you were Maybe consistent. A bit more. We were consistent. You were consistent. We plugged away. You just plugged away. You didn't give. You didn't kind of. What they usually hope, any authority that's involved in a dispute with local residents, they hope you just disappear. You get discouraged. You get disillusioned. You think there's no point fighting city hall, but you didn't do that. I think we doubled down. You doubled down. Right. I think we doubled down, and just along the way, we managed to find people to help us, like. David was good putting us onto you, and mm-hmm. I think getting you on board was a really, really good move. It helped us. It gave us heart. Um, it gave us the courage to keep going, to know that someone was on our side, because there are times you think that no one is on your side. And I can't tell you the number of times people said to us, you'll never win. Mm. You'll never win. There's no point. You'll never win. No point. That's what people would say. Well, they tell us that. They tell Kelly and myself that every time, don't they? They say, (laughs) you'll never win. What's the point? We're like, oh, we don't care. We'll keep going anyway. Yeah, yeah. We haven't got any brains. We're happy to bash our head against a brick wall. It's not going to hurt us, is it, Kelly? I don't think it matters if you don't win. It matters that you try and that you know that you've given it a go. How did you go? Now, uh, with... uh, 
we'll talk about the good news in a minute, but how did you go with the various layers of government? Obviously, the Cardinia City Council, which is covers your area, was there much interest from the local councillors uh, and were of, of much support? Um, I would say they said yes and they did reply and they did listen and they did bring things up mm-hmm. and they did come to meetings, some of them. Mm-hmm. And I had some good supportive emails from a few of them. Did they pass any resolutions in council regarding this particular no, some things you're not privy to and you're told this is confidential and you, we what? can't tell you these things, so okay. I don't know what they can't tell me. But I do know that we could bring up a question right. in the meeting. So right. I did submit a couple of questions and then I had to go to the meeting. It was confidential and they're your representatives. It's not as if there's a contract going, <laughs> is there? Do you know if I they know. passed a resolution saying we oppose the removal of the Bunya pot? Well, the bunya. wording is we strongly advocate for you for and, you. and for saving the railway right. house. We okay. understand the significance. So there was some interest there? Um, yes. Right. And what were your interactions like with the authority? Slow, mm-hmm. quite slow getting anything back. I would, I would get I, Kevin Devlin there who was the project manager, would get back to me with a, a, obviously an email that he'd written detailing my concerns um, and giving back, getting back to me. Um, it was very slow getting anything else back. I, I probably got nothing. I have to give a shout-out to our local member, Brad Batten. Right. Is that the local state member? Local, yeah. Right. Uh, Brad Batten, Liberal. Um, he never failed to get back to me on right. any... Anything I asked, any mm-hmm. contact I made with him, he always replied, and his team in his office would help me out when they could. Right. And so so they, really they were supportive of uh, what you try to do. Very, very. Right. Now, but I understand yeah. he actually raised the question in Parliament, in the Victorian Legislative yep. Assembly, is that correct? Yes, back in December mm-hmm. in his speech to Parliament. That was December after, last year, 2022. Yep. Yep. As soon as it went back after the election, mm-hmm. he gave a very strong shout-out to the, uh, the railway house and that we wanted to save it and that was important to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, he did that. That was right. great. Well, that's good. And how about response from the government before this week? No. You had no, what, no Nothing, response? Nothing, no. No attempt, not even a, a rep or somebody kind of contacted the group. I mean, you got a, you had a Facebook page, you had a petition, public meetings, it just went on and on, but nothing. Um, nothing to me personally, although there was oh, someone... Oh, how about the group, anything? Uh, no, no, although I, there was kind of a liaison with Michael Galea in Parliament. Right. So who's I, Michael Galea? He's the upper house? Yeah, Legislative, legislative Council. Yeah, upper house the ALP for, for the area, ALP. Yeah. Although yeah. I never actually spoke to him or heard from him. Mm-hmm. There were people who who were talking to him, right. and one of his reps came to the meeting that we had. Yes, right. So, and, and what did he the rep have to say? Was she listened, or did she, they have, she had? She was authority? very sympathetic. Right. Yes. Right. Well, that's good. Yes. So there there were people listening, but no decisions were being made. Or you think they we were just, weren't privy to? No. No. Or do you think they were just going through the motions? We thought so. We, well, we've been told so many times you'll never win. You know, no one wins. So I was in touch with other level crossing. Uh, protest groups, right? And I spoke to two or three of them, mm. and there wasn't much they could give me except that it was really hard, right. really hard to get any traction. And then you see it on the news, you know, you see them on Talbot, Surrey Hills, mm. Parkdale, 
uh, Buckley Street, Essendon. Um, it was discouraging because we were much, much smaller than them. Yeah. We didn't have any uh, means at, at our disposal of lawyers wow, or, but or people. Yes, but you, yeah. had, you had two very valuable assets, which a lot of the other groups didn't have, which was a, a majestic bunya bunya tree. Absolutely. And a meticulously restored 140-plus-year-old railway house. That's where you're... That's where your assets, and now we're going to demolish them to build what? Well, what they want to do is remove a fairly quiet level crossing. Mm-hmm. You're about 114 on the list of level crossing. 110 remember. on the, 110, yeah, 110, on 110. the list on of the list. most dangerous. Yep. It's had like one near miss, I think, and it's never congested. Uh, hand on heart, I can say that because I live nearby and I'm mm. there at peak time. Mm. Hand on heart, it's never busy. And it was puzzling to us why... There was this necessity. Ah, the great leader, our great leader said, there will be no level crossing from the CBD to Pakenham on the Pakenham line. That's what it's about. Well, we absolutely agree that they save lives <sighs> and they reduce congestion. And you... you, uh, you but you, not in our area because it's very... Yeah, well, very you're not fun. actually... I don't think you're actually fighting to keep the level crossing, are you? No. No, you were fighting to... Save the um, house and the tree. And the tree. Yep. All right, so we're getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. David's an old BLF member, and he's, he knows a bit about direct action. And you contact us, and we give you a little bit of advice. Not much, but a little bit of advice. And we said, concentrate on the tree. Concentrate on the tree, which you've done. Now, what's happened in the last few days? There's been some huge... Developments, and I won't take credit for it, but (laughs) obviously it's all the work your group has done over the last year. Now, what has happened? Now, it hasn't been confirmed. There's been snippets of information. We are waiting for confirmation because nobody's bothered to tell you. They always do it through a media release or a media conference. So what's happened? Well, after wondering where on earth... We're going to go next. What can we do? And planning a picnic under the tree in the next weekend after next. We were working towards that. And you've kindly taken us on and given us some coverage. But I got a text this morning from someone who had taken a photo of an article in our local newspaper, the Pakenham Gazette, and it had a house not to be demolished. We'll save the house. And I thought, no. Surely not. No one spoke to me. And I read it and it seemed good news. But, you know, you take it with a grain of salt and I didn't believe it and I thought this is not possible. So I rang a reporter and he confirmed to me that, yes, they've said that they will not demolish the house and they will not demolish the tree. They will still acquire the property but they will not demolish it. They will keep it. And I have rung around and I have tried to confirm it because really when you hear something this good, you want to be sure before Mm. you get too excited that it's true. And to all intents and purposes, it looks really, really good. Like it looks like we've saved the house and the tree. Mm. Many sources, the council have said, yes, they've confirmed the tree will be saved Mm. and Jacinta Allen herself has said the house will not be demolished. Mm. So have you seen 
has anybody bothered to actually contact the group that's been responsible for creating the pressure which has become unbearable for the state government so that the Railway Redevelopment Authority has been forced to change its plan. Because even last week they were saying things were going to get as usual. So obviously there's been a little bit of political uh, push and shove. And uh, it could have only come from the pressure that you've been able to apply through your consistent actions and those two great assets, your two... You know, your president, the Bunyan Monetary, and the secretary, the uh, Railway House. I mean, they are extraordinary uh, assets you've got. So has anybody contacted you? Has anybody bothered to say anything to you? No, no. I just saw it in the paper. That was it. You saw it in the paper. That was it. And and obviously there are uh, tonnes of people taking credit now. That's all they're doing, I assume. And that your little group had nothing to do with this. And and if you hadn't existed, we still would have, uh, wouldn't have knocked down the house and the tree. Is that correct? Probably. Probably, yeah. Probably. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I'm like you. I'm a bit suspicious. I do think that the uh, pressure is being applied, and I think it's they're on the back foot. But you really need to see it in writing, is my opinion, because people can change their minds, and you need to see what the plans are that the Railway Redevelopment Authority has in place for that area you really need to see the plans and they need to come to your group to explain exactly what's going to happen to the house because uh yeah this is this this really disgusts me you know media conference politics and people who've been involved in a struggle for so long get pushed aside and deemed to be irrelevant it really disgusts and it happens all the time happens all the time Uh, it's discouraging but it is positive the fact that you may have won we don't know if we have but you may have won the struggle but that doesn't mean that there's no picnic does it no 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 we did plan the picnic on the second at 12 o'clock to have a gathering under the bunya bunya tree so that everyone could come and visit come out to beaconsfield Mm. stations just a few meters up the road and just show their support excuse me um I've actually measured it. It's 327 metres. That's more than a few metres. You're a teacher and a librarian. You shouldn't be spreading lies. I'd like to come to that picnic. When is it? It's on Sunday, the 2nd of April at at 12 o'clock. You you take the train to Beaconsfield Station. Yep, that's on the Metro line, Pakenham Pakenham line. Yeah, you get off. Mm-hmm. Beaconsfield, you look, the one after Berwick. Yep, you look to the right as you get off and you can't miss it. Yes. And there'll be lots of people there. We're either... Keep pushing with the campaign if we haven't got all the answers, if the group hasn't got all the answers they want, or it's a celebration Mm. because no one in this state has been able at this late notice to actually get uh, the state government to change its mind regarding its big build, so-called, you know, gold-plated development. No one. And I think this particular group... If this is correct, if the information that's come out today is correct, should be lauded. Now, the other thing we wanted people to do is a hashtag, hug the bunya bunya. Now, the thing is, when you're involved in protests, you need, I'm sorry to say this, you need to be able to sell it. Marketing. Marketing, mm. all right. There's a lot of people who want to save this and save that. 
as I said, your greatest asset were the tree and the railway house, and obviously the rail house is on private property. Not much you can do about that, but the bunya is on railway land. And what we want people to do is we want people to go down there this weekend, any day, take a train ride, 45 minutes, not far, pack lunch, empty your bladder before you get on the train (laughs) because there's no public toilets at the Beaconsfield station. And the funny thing is, in the redevelopment plans, are there public toilets going to be established at the the, um, Beaconsfield station? Well, Beaconsfield station is a quaint lovely old-fashioned little wooden building mm. that has nothing no toilets no nothing and there is no plans to to what, change that what happens to the poor psos i don't know oh. but they're there every night so i don't know they've got little urinals in the car <laughs> or something <laughs> i don't know maybe they use a catheter <laughs> when you were calling around to confirm the announcement in the paper what did um what did they say their sources were well, there was a reporter there. It was not one that had previously written really excellent articles for me because I, I stressed to him that, you know, we, we really just want to be um, sort of considered, well-mannered, um, calm, respectful. Yeah. And he wrote a wonderful article and he was my reporter at the Packham Gazette. But the story today was written by someone else who I couldn't get a hold of. But then I rang the paper itself and they checked with him and apparently he had gone to this press conference. Oh, so there was a press conference. In Pakenham because they were look- there is a sky rail over Pakenham now, which is desperately needed over three roads. It's fantastic. Um, and they were there. The government was there. Actually, Dan Andrews and Jacinta Allen, and they were looking at that. So the press conference was really local people and this reporter asked the question, what about the... Our house, and this is where they confirmed that no, it will not be demolished. Ah, and is that um, so? They didn't actually make a press release where people no. could find on the no. on the government no. web page or anything. No, no, okay. no. Well, hopefully that's to come. You know, yeah. with with a little more detail would be great. Well, that's the whole point. The whole point is you, you know, need the confirmation in writing. You need it in writing. You need to look at the plans, what they've got planned. And mm. I'm sure it'll be reasonable if it's correct. If, if the information you've got is correct, but again, the picnic is on. Second of, a, yes. second Look, of April. Yes, if it was a celebration, it would be fantastic. At the yeah. moment, yeah. the tree has a big yellow ribbon around it. Has it? Yes. Brilliant. That we did. And we were putting up various signs to mm. direct attention to the tree and Good. what we were planning for it. Right. Um, but since this morning, you know, we're even more excited. Well, you should be more excited. To invite people around and see yeah. this beautiful tree and this beautiful house. Yeah, hug the tree. Hashtag hug the bunya bunya. Put it on your Facebook page. You need to cut page. some T-shirts made. Oh, yes. Well, they haven't got any money. No, we haven't. Doesn't, this has not cost one cent. They haven't got a treasurer. Mm. This has not cost one cent. Not one cent. It hasn't, Can I it's say? It's just been community-focused, self-funded. People put hands in their pockets to print stuff. And persistence. And persistence. And persistence. Yeah. And I just never giving up. It's no. never giving up mm. and knowing that what we were fighting for was really mm. important. Yeah, because it's a true community struggle. And the reason that... I was invited to go down as they were felt a little bit desperate and they needed a bit of heavy-handedness. We were in an impasse. <laughs> we did not know where to go next. Yes, so, yes, yeah, thank you, Joe, for your No, no, look, help. look, I, I, um, I'm interested in this struggle for a number of reasons, obviously. As, as a, I've been an activist for a long time and I am, have been growing angrier and angrier over the last five or six years with this huge government build. I mean, a lot of it is gold, what I call gold-plated construction where it's really not 
necessary to go that whole hog. And what I found really offensive is the legislation which has been passed in the Victorian State Parliament and endorsed by the Upper House, which removes any rights residents have regarding a major, around a major transport hub. And I've seen local initiative after local initiative being crushed to the ground. People have been ostracised, humiliated, pushed aside and, and treated like garbage by, by the government of the day, which is not correct because obviously at the local level, state level and federal level, governments should represent the people who elect them to power. You know, I mean, you go to a ballot box to cast a ballot for a particular, you know, candidate and you hope they will represent your interests. And how did you find your... Um, how shall I put this? How did you find... What was your feeling about the political system? Did you did it change your views on politics and representation and their, their role as you continued this struggle? We felt that we weren't being heard, mm-hmm. but we felt we were entitled to our say, but we weren't being heard because we weren't being acknowledged at any time. If, if you don't hear back... You get discouraged, and we felt we didn't have a voice, mm. even though we're taxpayers, even though we live there, mm. even though we're impacted, even though we live with the consequences of this. We weren't being given any input, and we weren't being given a voice. And I think was that was the most discouraging thing, to think of all the effort. And just to be heard, I mean, just to be acknowledged mm. is important. And we felt that wasn't happening. Well, it still hasn't happened. No, I know. There's just been a I media, a media conference. <laughs> There's a media conference and that's, that's supposed to be the end of it. So this struggle isn't over. Oh, no, no, it's not over yet. And I, yeah. I'm restraining myself from getting too excited. Yeah. But this is very good news and very welcome news, and very heartening news. But, yeah, it's definitely not um, mm. it's setting concrete they, they should actually, They should actually come down to the Bunyan Bunyan Tree on the 2nd of April midday and actually explain wouldn't it be great to people exactly what the decision is show the plans put them out in view and i reckon that's what you should be fighting for between now and then because they need to acknowledge that if it wasn't for your little group that you're involved in the convener of if it wasn't the davids the the jones and the rest of the people involved that that house and that tree would have been ripped up and they wouldn't have blinked. They wouldn't have blinked. So it was. this is a real community action and, and you know, from people who are not politicised, you know, people who just think the system should treat them... With respect. With respect. Mm-hmm. They still haven't, but they will. They will. We'll get them <laughs> it's there. A start. Well, this is great news for us. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope it will continue to be good news. Well, we want you all to come to the picnic because it's Grand Prix Day and if you don't like noise, it's a great, quiet place to come to. It's at uh, Catch the Train to Beaconsfield, and I'll get it right this time. It's Beaconsfield Avenue, Avenue. in Beaconsfield, number 20. You can't, can't miss, miss it. it. There's a yellow ribbon around the tree. And I want every listener who's got the time to go down there, hug the tree. And if you haven't got any friends, take a selfie stick of you hugging the tree. It will help out. <laughs> and send it to your Facebook page with the hashtag Hug the bunya bunya. Now, I understand we won't mention any other radio stations on this radio station because we're the most important one, but I understand there are other people now coming to the uh, 
the party, hopefully, regarding this particular struggle. Just this afternoon, we had some interest from a very, yes, well-known radio station. station. Yeah, very well-known. To, to go and speak on there? Mm. Well, well, just to be, just to get a voice out there, yeah, I think, that yeah. they were interested. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's all great. Good. And if you know a celebrity, even a bad celebrity, you can be... <laughs> Get them to go along to the bunya bunya tree. Yeah, we need a good celebrity. Well, even a bad one, infamous one, fa- it doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyone famous. Anybody is a celebrity. You can be a celebrity for being a celebrity. I think we're famous now, Joe. Uh, no, I'm infamous, you're famous. There's a difference in Kelly's famous. There's a huge difference. I've always been infamous and I'll continue to be infamous. And I'm happy to be inf- infamous. Which one do you want to be, Kelly? You want to be... F- infamous, infam- definitely. Definitely. <laughs> we're the A, infamous team. No, you've uh, look. You've gladdened my little heart. I mean, this could be the shortest campaign I've ever been involved in. <laughs> it's the longest I've ever been involved in. <laughs> I've been involved in a public housing campaign that's gone on for nine years, and we're still going. And so, you, you um, you've done very well, and I'm really pleased for you. And I hope what we heard today is correct. And I hope everybody listening to the program comes to the picnic on the second uh, to either celebrate or commiserate, it doesn't matter. But let's get this hashtag going, hug the bunya bunya, and um, let's congratulate you, Fran, and Thank David, you. and Joan. And Christy. And, and Christy, and anybody and else you'd like to mention? Oh, yeah, the Beaconsville Progress Association. Thank you, Graham and Ann Taylor, right. who are just stalwarts in, in the Beaconsville. Graham and Ann. Graham and Ann Taylor. Mm. They have, yeah, been really, mm. really good and supportive and given us lots of help. So, And, and all those neighbours who's given you uh, kind of support and they said, go for it. And the businesses who took our posters. Yeah. Did you have much uh, luck with the businesses? Yes. Yes, very, very supportive, very, mm. very helpful. Uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah, you know, there were many businesses who said, yes, we really support you. Give us the poster. Yeah, because, look, I've been to Beaconsfield before this, believe it or not. And to me, Beaconsfield was the bunya bunya pine. Yeah. You know, that's what Beaconsfield, it's, it's a symbol. It's like, mm. that's Beaconsfield. And and the local, there's a lot of like schools in the area, aren't there's there? There's a lot of schools. Yeah, 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 a lot of schools. And I understand some of them have shown a bit of interest lately. No, no, no. You I think it's a bit political. Oh, it's a bit too political for them, isn't I, it? I have right? a feeling, yeah. Yeah, well, it is It is a, um, a descendant of the, I mean, dinosaurs would eat the nut. They would. It's yeah. been around that long. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it, it can live to a thousand years. So, I mean, yeah. it's watched Beaconsville grow for 144. It's potentially it was, got another 800 to go. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's sacred to the um, uh, some of the Aboriginal groups in northern New South Wales and southern Queensland, yeah. where it, uh, it's Indigenous to. Although it's not Indigenous to Victoria, it is Indigenous to Australia, and you won't see it anywhere else in the world. No. So, thank you very much for coming into the studio, Fran. It's a pleasure to have met you. Maybe our association will stop in on the 2nd of April. Hopefully it's all good news and we can celebrate. Uh, who's bringing the champagne if it's good news? I think we all will. We'll, okay. <laughs> I think we need to lick a lot. And, and to get Kelly to go to Beaconsfield, that, that, that is extraordinary, you know. I, Although she goes to Geelong every day. <laughs> Just it's hope the other there's way. No, no buses replacing trains. Well, that could, I don't think so. That could be just, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't no. think haven't, so. They haven't started work yet. I have They're sinking oh, no. holes. Well, it's, yeah. it won't be for Beaconsville, but it's for the rest of the line. But I don't think there's any buses replacing trains. Yeah, yeah, it is Grand Prix Day. And if you don't like the noise, it's a great way to meet like-minded people. And it's not often that uh, you succeed. And uh, nobody's actually succeeded, as far as I'm aware of, the level crossings 
removal programs and, and uh, if you have and it looks like you may have congratulations thank you for coming on the program thank you kelly for producing the program thank you for having me thanks fran been the bosses Brothers and our sisters, many far off lands. There is power in a union. Now I long for the morning that they realize brutality and unjust laws cannot defeat us. But who defend the workers who cannot organize? And the bosses send their lackeys out to cheat us. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Be a part of your community radio station. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.